podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the show that brings you untapped business ideas from successful entrepreneurs. My name is Chris Justin, and I'm here with Ethan Janney. Ethan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You're also talking faster than normal. I think you like maybe had a little extra coffee or something. I did not get my green tea, actually, before the podcast episode, which I'm a little upset about. But Just feeling fresh after that salad you ate. Yeah. Creeper over here. <laughs> Knowing what I'm eating. Uh, all right. You well, we got in front Chris... of me. That's the only I know, reason I, did, I know you I know, it. but I, I had to make you look bad. If I, whenever I get a chance, you know, that's part of the stick. We've got Chris Dickey on the show today. He's the founder of Visibly. That's a platform that gives you search engine visibility, which is a term that Chris has uh, coined. And what that means is you can see how your brand is performing within pages on Google's rankings. It's not just the uh, Google ranking page itself, not just the SERP, but it's, uh, let's say, within Amazon and within uh, other platforms, REI maybe, that are on the first page of Google. You want to you wanna know whether you people are finding your brand from the SERP. So that's what Visibly helps do, V-I-S-A-B-L-Y.com. Chris is well-positioned, given that background, to bring us a new business idea. This show is all about new business ideas. And the idea is crowdsourcing a review site. I think this is brilliant. I'm surprised that it doesn't exist. It does exist in other verticals, in software, G2 Crowd, and other platforms like that are out there, but doesn't exist for consumer products. So Chris, tell us what is the story behind this idea? My background is actually in public relations. And um, I actually own a public relations agency in addition to running a software company. And in the last, I don't know, like maybe five years, but really in the last two years, there's been this incredible shift in the PR industry, the digital PR industry toward you know, away from just kind of storytelling and storytelling has always been central to PR, but toward commerce. And the way that plays out is that these, these publishers and everybody here has seen it, everyone listening has seen this, like you, you're looking for, I don't know, a Christmas gift or Valentine's idea or whatever it might be. And um, someone has this like top 10 listicle and you click in there and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then, and then you click through and you end up on Amazon and, and then you buy it. Well, Amazon kicks that publisher a percentage of the sale and it's, it's, it's performance marketing and it's a way that these publishers are harnessing the, the value of their audience in a, in a, in a, in a landscape that really ads has kind of fallen by the wayside, you know, in, in, in a large way. So they're trying to figure out how do we monetize this huge audience we have? Oh, oh affiliate. It's great. Right. So it is great. It's been a huge piece of the PR industry. And then, you know, coming at it from a software perspective, which is my other kind of side, is I have this visibly. And what's really, really uh, important in software are these affiliate sites like G2 or Captera or, or whomever they might be. And these affiliate sites, they make a lot of money. And what they do is you basically have to pay to play on these sites. They, they, they get you set up. They start getting reviews out the door. And it looks like from a consumer's perspective, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go buy a new CRM or something like that. And 
and here are all the best rated CRMs according to Captera or uh, G2 or something. And then anybody who actually clicks through on that purchase, they also, Captera or G2 also gets a, a percentage of that sale. Those companies are making millions of dollars. And then the publishers on the other side of the coin, like say Hearst or Condé Nast or something like that, like, like say Shape Magazine online, they're saying, oh, like here's the lipstick you should be buying. They're making lots of money on that stuff. But what, what I kind of was like, hey, no one's really doing is what about a, a crowdsourced review site, kind of like G2, but for consumer products? I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but just to all of us, because I'm not. It, in terms of the pay-to-play aspect, you don't get ranked according to how much you're paying or what your affiliate commission is. It's just if you want to be on the site, you have to offer some sort of affiliate commission and then people can go ahead and review it. And really, it just depends on how well you're reviewed or is there some sort of incentive for like paying them more or something like that? Yeah, there is. There's all sorts of packages that they throw at you. Um, but fundamentally, it's like how well you merchandised on their site. Like, are they going to put you at the front of the page or, you know, they these these sites do really well in SEO. So anyone who's kind of starting their search, and, you know, in SEO and they're using search engines to do it. And they're like, hey, like I'm looking for some new software for this thing. And, and then all of a sudden, like this, this site shows up that says, these are all the best softwares for this thing. The fact is, is that all of those placements are paid for. And then those, those companies also go out and they facilitate the review process to the extent to, to make your brand look good. And you have to pay for that as well. There's a lot, there's multiple layers to this affiliate game. That's like, it's presenting it like, oh, like all the, this, this one brand or this one software group has like a million, you know, four-star ratings. Well, that was all more or less paid for, or they, they went out and they solicited these reviews or whatever it might be. And then they got in the first page of Google and, and boom, like they're selling, they're selling like crazy. So that same model i would love to see applied to consumer package goods yeah i think this is a brilliant idea as i've said but i'm going to throw an objection out here to us to try and figure out and it's one that you have actually called out in your form submission it's hard to rank content like this right to rank for out outerwear for example, if you don't have a site, you don't like competing against REI and Amazon and all these players, that's going to be a challenge. And you know how to address that better than most. It, like, what do you say to that? Is, is this a multi-year process to? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a major SEO challenge, like the success of this idea, whoever is going to pull it off and it's not going to be me. I have no interest in doing it, but I do think it's interesting is going to hinge on how performant the site's going to be in SEO in search engines. Um, and so if you have a group that knows SEO inside and out, knows how to build a good website, knows how to do the content side of it all, and then can develop the backlinks and it really comes down to like other people linking into your site. So typically that's start, that's usually kicked off by a bunch of influencers going out and saying, Hey, and like you basically you're paying these influencers say, Hey, like I just posted, a review on so-and-so you should go check it out and then you know you start you start driving traffic in that way or you get a PR agency and the PR agency starts 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 plugging it would you have this be so you're mentioning focusing on outerwear at the beginning 
So, so, so in full disclosure, my PR agency that I, that I own and operate, we operate in the outdoor industry. So it's a bunch of stuff that you would find at REI. So that's why I always talk. Yeah, about. That, that's completely fine. I guess what I'm, what I'm wondering, it doesn't just have to apply to outdoor gear. Would you buy a domain and brand it focused on outer outdoor gear, or would you try and make it more generic? And if you were to do the latter, doesn't that make it harder from a SEO standpoint? You could buy a domain name, like just bestreviews.com or something like that. Or like, you know, obviously consumer reviews has already taken, but <laughs> there, or like consumer reports, I guess is what it is. But the idea here is, is more what's in the URL parameters. So it's like, oh, best, you know, blenders with you know with glass pitcher or something like that what google's looking for is is to match up the content in basically like the metadata like the title tag of the page and the h1 on the page with what somebody's searching for in their website or on their you know on the search platform let's talk about some of the broader market trends that are going on here the e-commerce people who are younger more tech savvy think that it's if you had to guess, you would think that it makes up the majority of sales or majority of retail sales, but it's not even close. I think it's 15% in, uh, it's projected to be 15% in 2021. That's after the pandemic. It's only projected to be 19.5% by 2024. So e-commerce still has a long way to go in terms of growth. And of course, that doesn't even account for the fact that the economy itself is growing. So this is still nascent days in uh, in e-commerce, relatively speaking. You know, I'm curious about those stats because I feel like is that is that all retail sales or the or is that consumer packaged goods? Is that clothing? Do you have any ideas? Like, is that is that broken down in any way? Because my because in my experience, obviously, people are going to buy groceries at grocery stores. They're not really buying that stuff online. Same thing with gas. If you're looking at all purchases, I mean, it's probably always going to be kind of small, but there's a lot of stuff, particularly I would say clothing and durable goods that is being probably a much larger share is being driven through e-commerce. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't even remember the last time I went to a department store to buy a pair of pants. Total retail figures exclude sales of items not normally purchased online, such as spending at restaurants, bars, automobile dealers, gas stations, and fuel dealers. So Yes, it is excluding that. Okay. All right. All right. You got me. <laughs> Googling, man. It, it works. <laughs> All right. So given that, and, and get, it's still huge. I mean, no one's arguing that. But given that, it's, uh, I, I think it is important to see that, yeah, it's, it's a small percentage still, and it's, but it's growing. So let's talk about how big this can get. I know you have firsthand experience, Chris, with some of these affiliate programs, how much do you think a site like this could make within a few years? I know that the affiliate, just in terms of the the commissions that are paid out to U.S. affiliates, publishers based on like customers that they drove to Amazon or who or wherever, is in the neighborhood of like five to six billion last year, and that was just the commissions that were paid out. And so I think if you add on top of that companies who are paying heavily for preferred positions within the fit, within the affiliate site and are paying heavily for you to round up consumer reviews on their behalf, you could do much better. 
wondering if it's worth uh, chatting about Amazon and in this context, right? I mean, Amazon is dealing with these type of goods, but maybe not always from the manufacturers <clears throat> that we're talking about. Reviews are a huge part of Amazon. Two questions that I'm considering. One, how do we use what's going on in Amazon as an inspiration for what goes on in this type of project? And two, if this project starts to go well, does Amazon copy it? Because they just kind of already have a system of getting people to review stuff. And well, what I I don't think Amazon can copy it. I think it's more likely that Shopify can copy it. Amazon wants people to stay on their platform. They have a, a well created review ecosystem. And it's obvious that something like this will happen. I think Shopify is the most likely threat that that occurs, though. Interesting stat, around 25 to 30% of all consumer-oriented searches will start on Amazon's platform. That's a massive market share. But for the most part, the rest of that starts on Google. It's surprising to me as you're saying that is people don't view that as an ad or it, they don't view it as they're being marketed to when they go through an affiliate channel. It's kind of an aside, but sophisticated buyers, typically they just, they're blind to SERP ads often. Uh, a lot of people have, have ad blockers, but when they go like, yeah, kayakguru.com or something like that. And then they, you know, check out <laughs> the top uh, ranked kayak on there. They treat that with authority and don't, don't associate that with a, this pay to play aspect of it that's going right back to Amazon. Coming back to the idea itself here, getting people to create these reviews, right? So what we're trying to do is rather than having kayak gurus, editors write their reviews and buy a bunch of kayaks and take the pictures and all that stuff, but having, having uh, actual consumers do that, very few people will write a review. I, was look, I looked it up for Yelp. It's one point. 87% of Yelp users post reviews. We all love reading reviews. We find them massively important, but uh, we don't like, don't like uh, making them. So incentivizing, that seems to be one of the, the biggest challenges to doing this is, is incentivizing folks. Ethan, you got an idea for that? Well, I would say I just learned about something that I wasn't aware of. And I think the majority of consumers, they probably know something like this is if they have an intuition, something's going on, but they know this, this detail. So there's a couple sites that I want you to check out. One is called uberzonclub.com. The other one's rebatekey.com. And so these are specialized sites that are used primarily by people who want to market on Amazon. They want to put up a product on Amazon. And what they do is they'll give an intense, a very intense discount on the same products that you would buy on Amazon. And you actually do buy them through Amazon, but after buying them, they ask you for a review. And it's not necessarily a quid pro quo, but it's kind of like, oh, I just got like a, a set of headphones for $3, you know, do I want to uh, provide a review or not? Sure. So just so people know, like, this is kind of how a lot of those reviews get up there. Um, There's yeah. sort of these incentivized sites. So two things, if you want to get cheaper stuff than you even get on Amazon, go to these sites and, you know, get a pair of headphones or something for a 90% off, whatever. Um, but also, you know, realize that a lot of those reviews that are on the sites when you're looking for them are coming from situations like that. So the credibility I mean, is lowered a little bit. So the question is, would, would we want to do something similar? Or is that not a kosher part of a business like this? I think we can learn from Amazon again here for um, 
incentivizing folks. They have a program called Vine Voice. Guessing neither of you are part of it. I'm not part of it, but if you create a lot of high quality reviews, Amazon will send you free products and people make decent money, presumably on that. I actually don't know if they just get a ton of free products or if they make money or if they feel good about having that Vine Voice tag associated with their uh, with their name, but investigating that incentive structure, learning how that works and seeing how you can port that over into this idea. I think that that can jumpstart. Well, you know, maybe, maybe you guys can tell me like, why the heck do people review and Yelp TripAdvisor? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I'll, I'll be the one to answer that. Not that I have an authoritative answer, <laughs> but I've been, I've been, Yelp has been great for my, one of my businesses or it had been great. I, in some ways I hate Yelp, but when I first started getting into Yelp, I got a, a client recommended me. He's like, are you on Yelp? And I was like, no, he's like, sign up. I want to give you a great review. So I think there's some there's something just about the goodwill of it. And then there's also the social aspect of people who want to be known as uh, someone who you can trust to give good recommendations. So that's part of it. Um, also, just feeling like you owe someone like, oh, I got a really good deal on that. Or that person was really nice. That customer's, you know, the, the waitress was so cool. Or the manager came over and gave me, you know, an extra breadstick or whatever, like wanting to pay it, pay it back. Um, and then, of course, the other side of it is wanting to get out their frustrations and anger and like get the give the one star review. So, I mean, I think that's why people go on the review, the review sites and Yelp specifically, I think they try to create it more like, it's almost like social. I don't see that. I don't feel it myself when I'm on, but it's like, oh, it's like a social platform. And you can see like who reviewed that, right? That same person in my neighborhood is now an authority on the local stuff. And I, I got a riff on this idea because I'm getting really excited about how we could implement it. What if we had personal pages for... Ethan and Chris, you had Chris's favorite gloves on there and you linked to the ones that you purchased and you get a portion of the commission payout. We take a cut for uh, facilitating that interaction, but you could have a list of, you know, these are my gloves. These are the, uh, the desk that I use, you know, the standing desk, the microphone that I like, and you have your own personal page. Everyone does that. And then the site also can aggregate user data. So you can still get that overall picture, but you can credit the contributors as well, which has solved the incentivization problem. So funny enough, where this idea started was on back of my house on a deck drunk one night with another buddy of mine. And we were talking about athletes and how athletes are these influencers and they use all this gear and how can we create a business around this, this, this sense of leveraging their circle of influence. And we we're like, well, what if we created a platform where they had a page and they just monetized all the stuff that they used and they created like, oh, this is what Travis Rice's like snowboard or pants or whatever. And then the athletes, of course, would promote the platform as well because they're the influencers and they're, they're driving awareness in general. But, and then I just kind of thought, well, we're thinking too narrow here. We, we need to think about blenders, not just snowboard pants. It's funny that you mentioned blenders because uh, last Christmas, my wife's aunt asked her what blender I bought because I'm known as the, the guy who does all the research and whatever one that Chris bought would be, you know, whatever one <laughs> I bought would be good enough for her. 
So yeah, I could be a micro influencer selling blenders. Come on. Oh, totally. Hell, hell yeah. You know, I think Ethan kind of characterized my feeling on why people would contribute and that you have to build a site that would encourage the sense of community and allow you to give kudos to brands or products that you just feel like deserve it. And you don't necessarily see that on like a trust pilot either. You know, like there's sort of like a community aspect you could dig in in on a little bit there, like an influencer aspect, especially with consumer products, because it's not so niche. It's not so necessarily, you know, softwares can be like B2B stuff, things like that. You know, this is more about community. What are you using down the street in another household? What's the other moms in the neighborhood doing stuff like that? I thought of another idea is you could Going back to this idea of these sites where they offer these cheap products and then ask you to give a review, maybe you could take a Groupon type of model because Groupon goes out to retailers or whatever. And they say, hey, offer this special deal. It'll be a way to promote your thing. We'll offer it on Groupon. And then you can get more business after that. So potentially you could be an intermediary with brands and their products and say, hey, listen, we're going to run a special. I, we know exactly how this is going to work. We're going to give away a bunch of your product. We'll give it at a deep discount. We know how these things go. You commit to doing this with us, partner with us, and you're going to get a ton of great reviews on our platform or just you know authentic reviews, however you want to put it. But it'll be like a review generating event and we can sort of manage that partnership for you. So as a PR person, we've worked with these sites. Um, one that comes to mind is, is one called Kinja Deals. It's, it's part of the Gizmodo group. And what they do is they just have these, these like specialty deals. They just publish all day long. They have huge audiences. I mean, like one time we, we like set up like um, a lighter. It was, a, it, was a, it was an electric lighter through there. And they, we sold 80,000 of them in a month. Or sorry, not in a month, in a week. <laughs> it was like crazy. And it's like taking that model and it's putting it's crowdsourcing the reviews rather than having an editor curate them. And then to your point, Ethan, it would be really interesting to say, okay, like these manufacturers or or makers can show up and say, okay, like we're going to work with you guys to do exclusive deals and you guys push them out to your audience. And um, just like a Kenja deals does, and that could also drive a ton of attention and people love deals. That's what people, most, most of us are, most of us are deal hunters. Let's be honest. We've got to talk about uh, another objection here, which is that we're beholden to commission rate changes from these retailers Famously, Amazon had a huge cut last year. I think it was in April, maybe. I mean, they it changes the commission cut that changes depending on the type of good, but it was a huge cut, up to 80% of the commission payouts. And that can sink a business overnight. How do you think about that risk? Oh, um, no problem there. You just you just change who you're selling through. All of our clients they're all gunning for the direct sale. They only work with Amazon if they absolutely have to because Amazon makes it so darn convenient. So they're they're getting small margins through Amazon. The publishers are getting small margins through Amazon. The thing about linking to Amazon is that it actually increases the click-through rate and the, and, and the purchase rate because that's a it's a platform that is so ubiquitous and everyone already has an account with and you can do one-click purchases and things like that. So you actually get a higher conversion rate if you use Amazon, but you get a lower commission. When you're when you're linking directly like to a direct consumer site and say like I made a link directly to Patagonia rather than Amazon. That's a bad example because Patagonia doesn't sell through Amazon. But anyways, like rather than REI, I'm gonna link directly to Patagonia and sell it. 
they are much more incentivized to provide you a better cut because they're selling a direct product. And rather than taking like the wholesale cut and then paying a commission on top of that to the publisher, they can might give you 15% because they're taking 85 and there's no, and there's, and there's no wholesale margin there. So that's well worth it for a brand. Big question that I still have for you is why don't you want to do this idea? You've got all the experience, you know, uh, <laughs> you, it seems like you could rock it. So that to me is a red flag that you're saying now nah, I'd stay away from it. Oh man. It's just bandwidth, dude. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I literally run a PR agency and the agency is, is growing head over heels right now, which is great news. I can't, I'm not going to complain about that. We're hiring right now, but I'm also run a software company and, oh, I'm also a dad and I also attempt to work out every once in a while. So it's like, there's only so many hours in the day. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now that we know that you're not going to usurp the business, how do we, uh, how do we start it? <laughs> oh man. Well, what we're talking about is an amalgam between Yelp and Trustpilot and the wire cutter, right? So that sort of business model. And so first you want to map out what the heck we're going to sell on the thing. And, and like, what are the kind of the key categories that we're going to focus on in the, you know, at the beginning? Maybe it's blenders, maybe it's coolers. I don't know, but you should probably like narrow it in and just do a good job with that. And then you got to get your SEO team together because SEO is going to be crux to making this thing work. How much per month would you spend on an SEO team? Um, one of the co-founders needs to be like an SEO expert. I think that's, and then another co-founder should probably be a content expert. Sometimes content experts are, are SEO experts. So that might be one and the same person, but there's the difference between content SEO and then like technical SEO. Maybe those people exist together. And then I would say, you know, there's going to be, have to be some kind of fundraise. I think the way that you get off the ground here and you, and you get a lot of people on the site is through advertising. And you just have to like, know your categories and you got to hit them hard with like advertising. So you start driving traffic and, 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 and developing those reviews. Quick question on the advertising, one of your thoughts, is it that you're advertising your site? Just like, Hey, check out this yeah. site. Great reviews. Yeah. Stuff like that. You don't advertise the individual products or. You would go do both. You would, you probably identify like, Oh, like people are looking up KitchenAid mixers. Like here's the specific model number. I'm going to advertise for that specific model number. You're going to, you're going to target right in on specific products that you see are driving a lot of volume. And then you, you grab those audiences. It's, it's going to be very hard to attract merchants or say KitchenAid, if we're using that example, like the KitchenAid, the brand to be a partner and, and to pay you money to, to better merchandise the site until you have an audience. So the very first thing you need to do is develop the audience. And then you can go out and say, Hey, we have this site. We can, we can, we'd like to partner with you guys. We, 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 we can show you that we're driving traffic. We're driving sales. Here's what it looks like. Let's let's do something together, and then you kind of start going broad. Like I said, any consumer packaged good that has kind of high consideration, as people who are looking to make for recommendations before they purchase. I mean, this is like basically all consumer electronics. This is basically like a lot of kitchen appliances. This is a lot of like outdoor equipment. That's like in my like like where I come from. So it's it's a lot of stuff if you really think about it. I'd like to hear more about there is the transition to making it more of the crowdsource content creation. 
And one idea that I had there, I'm not sure if this is possible, but find the people who are already writing reviews and get them to post a similar review. You probably can't have the same exact content on your site because uh, maybe that's not going to work as well. You would know better than me, Chris, with your SEO experience, but duplicate content can get penalized. But if they're already creating a review, ask those people to also post it on your site. An interesting, an idea that's sort of connected and especially connected with outdoor stuff. I came across this company because a couple of friends were working for it. Um, it's founded by this guy named Chris McNamara. It's called Outdoor Gear Lab. And are you familiar <laughs> with know, it? Yeah. And I know Chris. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Tell him he should come on the show. I think, I think I sent an email many months ago, but, but yeah. So, so the way that they do what they do is they actually have a staff of people that independently review outdoor gear and they don't actually do affiliate commissions at all. And that's part of their model that it's just honest based on people's evaluations. How the heck do they make money? Because I assumed it was affiliate. Yeah, I don't think that that's how they do it. But I'll tell you what I do know about the process is they have people on staff and which is kind of a fun job. My friend does the job um, of they'll give you like a bunch of hiking boots and I'll say, go out and climb a bunch of mountains and take some photos and rate these things on all these criteria and write up a, you know, write up a really nice review, say which ones you think are best and stuff like that. Basically, the way I think this can apply to what we're doing is you, you might even be able to build a model where you compensate reviewers for, for putting reviews together and maybe even provide them with templates and strategies for actually developing an even more scientific method of reviewing. So, oh, you can review a bunch of boots, for example. Ethan? Do they make money off affiliate commissions? Oh, is that what I'm they do? I'm pretty wrong right now. I'm on, I'm, I'm on Outdoor Gear Lab. I am looking at their links and they're all set up as affiliate links. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where their independence comes in because I know these guys very well. We work with them as a PR agency. They don't accept freebies. They don't, they do not let P PR people like myself give them a free thing to review, which is kind of a pain in my butt because it's like, how <laughs> like, you really got to go out and buy like a full price thing. Like, so that's their stick. I mean, I, I, I respect it, but they are absolutely monetizing that stuff. hundred <laughs> percent. That, that's an interesting piece of it is the people that are reviewing don't necessarily get an incentive from the, so this is kind of the advantage of the way that you can we can build this other business is that you pay the people to do a review. You don't pay them based on what they review better or worse, right? Or you compensate them with credits on the platform or whatever you do. And you provide them with a template so they can do, you know, well done reviews. And, and in that case, you kind of have that aspect where they can be disinterested. They're more concerned about their reputation, but you as the platform owner, you make your money through the affiliate links and they don't make money through affiliate links and they don't necessarily or make- you, Or you give them a small percentage of the, of the affiliate performance. Yeah, I think that ties into that. If Ethan had his own page where you've got your boots or your fuzzy microphone cover or whatever, your favorite one that you have on there, you got your list- since you're so Ethan's extras. Yeah, yeah, you want to drive up like people want to recognize <laughs> that I'm the best reviewer of microphone covers out here. Come on, come to my page. Um, and you get your, your cut. Yeah. You could also have a model. I'm just thinking about the the and maybe it just doesn't work. This is not how the world works to have them be sort of disinterested in the amount of commission they get from different items, things like that. There there are sites like what is it? 
Stack Overflow, I haven't gone too deep into it, but they have like a, a reputation thing, right? Like you give, you answer a post, you get a little upvote, you know, and you get points, right? And you get up on a ranking system. And I don't know that those points are worth anything monetarily, but I could potentially see a system where you set it up so that you get compensated based on the traffic that comes to your page, or you get compensated based on the number of thumbs ups people give to your particular review or your particular persona, your personality. But yeah, we, you could do it either way. Yeah, I, suppose. I think the incentives are the, the key thing to figure out there. I'm going to quote Charlie Munger here. Never, ever think about something else when you should be thinking about the power of incentives. People aren't going to do this out of the goodness of their heart, in my opinion. So we're, we're pretty much at time here. Uh, it's been a uh, fun conversation with you, Chris. To the listener who is enamored with this idea, go take some action. You may um, love exactly everything that we've outlined for you, but you probably don't. So tell us what we got wrong. Email us at update at runwithit.fm. Love to hear from you. Chris, tell us more about Visibly. Tell us about uh, your PR firm as well. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, so, yeah, so I, I'm, I've been um, running a PR firm for 12 years. We specialize in outdoor equipment and um, active lifestyle. More recently, I, I, I launched um, a software solution called Visibly. And Visibly basically is the first solution that identifies how brands are reaching customers in search. And we really are trying to unpack that and help brands come up with better strategies to go deeper and be more ubiquitous in search engines. Great. Chris Dickey, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been that was a really fun conversation. Thanks for having me. The podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.